Today's show is brought to you by Audible. Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30-day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and browse the unmatched selection of audio programs. Download a title free and start listening. It's that easy. Go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM and get started now. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. This is Be Easy here. I'm taking over hosting duties tonight as J-Mac is out of the office, but I am joined here by Mountain Carl. What's going on, man? Hey, I'm doing great. I'm just, you know, slowly recovering from uh, remote base Colorado. So uh, you and me both. I think that deserves an applause. Kidding aside, anyways. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> all of uh, Colorado. That was uh, it's a beautiful state. I love being there all the time. Um, but you know, something we also did, Sands Justin, was go to QuakeCon at the end of July. That's right. And, we uh, we really didn't get a chance to talk about that. But uh, w- this was your first QuakeCon, wasn't it? Not this. This was my first QuakeCon, and it was. Uh, it was definitely an interesting experience. I like conventions in general. I'm a big convention guy. And uh, and this was probably one of the first times that I went to any gaming convention like this. And I, and I think I get it. I think I, I figured it out. So it, for those of you who don't know, QuakeCon is run by id, right? And now Bethesda. And is that correct? Uh, yes, that is correct. Okay. Basically, it's a large room of people gaming against each other, right? So you've got two areas that are really to be witnessed inside of QuakeCon. One area is more of the vendor side of things, the testing and everything like that in games, uh, merchandising, museum kind of pieces, energy drink vendors, because we hit up that you know, balls booth about 20 times. We also, uh, on the other side of it was, was the gaming area, right? And so everybody brings their gaming rigs. It's called BYOCs, bring your own computer. And everybody gets together in this massive room. Well, how many people do you think there were, Brandon? Like 500? Uh, in the BYOC, oh man, there had to have been, yeah, I'd probably say like 500 to maybe seven or 800. Right. And, and so everybody there has their own rig that they've built up or they've purchased. I don't know how that works, but uh, yeah, I think a lot of these people enter into a computer building competition. So those are the people who actually wanted to build their own, their own setups and actually show them off and everything. And, uh, and so we were able to actually see quite a few really cool setups. Um, There were some that were made out of machined metal and, you know, were four feet tall. Um, they were just beautiful works of art that had uh, these incredible computers inside of them. Uh, 
and, and all these things are networked together. And so people are playing, you know, it's dealer's choice. It's whatever, whatever game they want to play against everybody else. So, you know, there were people that were playing, uh, you know, PUBG. There were people that were playing Overwatch. Um, there were people that were playing, uh, like, World of Tanks. I mean, like, it's, it's really whatever the hell you want to play. So it was a really cool experience. Um, again, I think that the best way to experience this, if you're, especially people who are coming in from out of town, and, and I really want to stress that people who come in like us that live locally, it's not that big of a deal when you actually roll into this place and you can just spend some time cruising and then walk on out. But if you really are coming in from out of town, uh, within the United States, outside the United States, do the bring your own computer part. That's where the whole fun is, right? It's, it's basically like one giant sleepover with, you know, a crazy amounts of pizza and energy drinks. And all you're doing is gaming 24-7. And it's everybody that you would have actually uh, been playing against online, but you're meeting these people who love the same games you do in person. So it's, it's a lot of fun. I got the energy. I understood it. Uh, it was weird coming there and not having a computer. I felt like I was left out. And, uh, and that's kind of funny too, because right after, right after that and after uh, Brandon preached the gospel of uh, PC that we, you know, Justin and I actually went out and got, new computers ourselves because we were way undergunned, especially for broadcasting. So, um, yeah, it's, we're going to be doing a lot more gaming. Uh, we've got the Twitch channel set up and, uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I encourage everybody to tune in to the Twitch channel, uh, enjoy right now what has been a, uh, a jag in Minecraft. And yeah, again, I want to encourage people to come to Dallas for FightCon because it's a great experience. And overall, you bring your own computer you're going to have a great time yeah very true uh you know and i think we all kind of needed to step our game up even me a little bit i've had to um you know pull out some change to get some of this equipment for my broadcasting and production abilities and stuff and it's been a it's been a fun little learning curve but you know like anything with technology and those of us that grew up on nintendo and trying to figure out why the game wasn't working, have to blow into the cartridge. You know, there's, there's a lot of fun, like troubleshooting of technology and, you know, it's not up everybody's alley, but I think for us guys that grew up, you know, our, uh, generation from the mid eighties and, and late eighties and stuff, it's always a, it's always a fun task, but yeah, it's uh that was your first time going up to the Gaylord Texan, right? The, and that's, that's where this place hosted the event, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. No, that was my first time at the Gaylord Texan, which in and of itself is an event. Um, if you've never been to the Gaylord Texan, I definitely recommend it. They were not paying us at all. It's just a really cool place to go. And, uh, apparently in the past, things have kind of been hit or miss as far as how they really brought their game, no pun intended, but the, uh, you know, the environment that we were in this time really made it feel like they, they gave a damn and, and they did a good job. They had, uh, they had banners up everywhere. They had uh, really effective personnel that were bringing people in and out. Um, it, it seemed like a very well-established event this year. And and so kudos to them for, for throwing a pretty tight event. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was definitely the most organized I've seen any event. Um, I, I'd put it up there with probably the top three most organized events I've been to. Um, and that's usually not... 
something that you would really correlate to the Gaylord Texan. Uh, I myself used to work there. I was a valet driver back in the mid 2000s for a couple years. And, uh, you know, it was always kind of a shit show, especially when it came to the ice display and all that. But, you know, um, I remember having to run for cars and uh, I mean, they'd have to shut down valet because there were so many people that would come to that. And it was just totally disorganized. And I mean, it blocked traffic all the way out to Highway 26 and Grayfine. Um, yeah, but- at that time, it was actually a brand new thing, too. Right. I mean, like, oh, yeah. it was rel- relatively new. So, I mean, it was still bringing in the uh, I guess the nuance of it, like or not the nuance, I'm sorry, the, the freshness of it and everything really ever bringing everybody into it. So. Yeah. The novel I'm going for, yeah. Yeah. But I was uh I was really taken aback because uh, instead of going to regular parking, which kind of congests it with, you know, normal guests staying at the resort and hotel, we went to basically my old employee parking lot, um, which was over there off Texan Trail, and they had all these limousine buses all lined up. I mean, some of these are really nice. You're sitting at a table, you know, four to a table, just really nice padded seats and kind of go in there in style and you get up there and you just do the QR code and, oh, there's your wristband. And there was no really standing in line. Um, You know, the metal detectors uh, were a little bit unorganized um, from what I heard because my one of my roommates uh, actually worked the event. He told me it was kind of a, a shit show there, but we were in pretty quickly and my other roommate and I went to QuakeCon a couple years ago and it took forever to get in. Like you, there was a huge line and, and maybe they would, they might check some people in, but you know, they're having problems with the machines and everything. So, I mean, it's a real testament to whoever kind of, uh, organized and put that on, but, uh, but just going through the, the hall itself was pretty, pretty funny. Cause, uh, as soon as you walk in, we see that huge station, for Papa John's and they're just making pizzas after pizzas. And I think walking through the, uh, BYOC area, uh, we, I think you and I kind of commented on it. There was a trash can that was just, uh, just full. I mean, there was just a stack of like 30 empty pizza boxes just on top of it. I've never seen anything like it. <laughs> it, it is the most quintessential gamer thing I've seen in a long time. It's, it was the cup snake of pizza boxes i mean the thing i think was giant it was i mean it, it really was something like 30 something pizza boxes and uh uh i don't know what what else i mean like it, it's it's hard to explain the actual ambiance of the byoc area you've got people who are you know playing movies on the wall with projectors and that kind of thing and and it's it's really it is honestly like if you went to the world's largest land party is kind of the vibe that you would get just being with those people. And uh, now that I've turned everybody who's not a nerd off, we can uh, we can keep going. <laughs> well, so let, let me let me ask you a question. So have you have you been to a land party before? Have you partaken in a land party? I, I have I have done that once. Yes. Yeah. yeah what year was that? Uh, Oh man, it was a long time ago. It was probably about the same time that you were trying to run and get cars, you know. Okay, so mid two thousands. Crash for that. Yeah. So it was uh it was it was a buddy of mine in a youth group at the time and he had uh and he, and he was a big PC gamer and he was like, You wanna come to a LAN party? I said, What the hell is that? I uh yeah, I met up with him and he was just you, you just bring your computer and my family had it was a Mac family, so he's like, Well don't bring your computer, just bring one of my computers. So <laughs> <laughs> it was like whatever you want to do don't do it um no he uh 
he helped me out. It was, it was a pretty cool experience. He, he wanted to involve me in something. And so he let me, uh, you know, have the experience of packing up an entire computer and, and kind of hauling it over to somebody's house and doing the kind of all nighter thing, you know, which again, there's a reason that nerds drink, you know, gallons and gallons of energy drinks is because that is, that is nerd life in a nutshell. So everybody gaming with each other in the same room, you know, on their own PCs and everything like that. So, um, yeah, I don't, it, it kind of cuts down on the fun of yelling at people for having low ping rates and stuff like that. But, uh, it's, uh, it's still, a, it's still a fun experience. What? I would definitely rank it up there on the whole like gaming, like nerd experience. Someone should do it once. Yeah, it, it is a lot of fun. Um, what, uh, I'm interested what, what games did y'all play? At the time, I think and this is really going to date me. Uh, I think it was Unreal Tournament Game of the Year Edition. Like that was the the pick, and then uh, some Team Fortress Classic. Dude, yeah, I played both. Um, we definitely played Unreal uh, Fortress that that edition when it came out because I remember that at the time. I was going to a lot of LAN parties at the time, and uh, I bought a computer because my roommate uh, Dan has always built computers like he he used to go to the quake cons he used to win the competitions and you met him i mean he went with us and he's a great dude uh hoping to get him on the show one of these times either you know for production reasons or just to talk about stuff because he's a real interesting guy but uh but anyways yeah i remember uh playing that and going to many of them but most of the land parties i went to it's like there'd be maybe 10 15 people there and we'd have all these switches and stuff all set up and and there'd be maybe a quarter of us playing the same game together and the rest of everybody else was kind of doing whatever. And we'd have a movie on the background doing whatever, you know. And so, it, yeah, I mean, and you definitely need the energy drinks to have fun. But uh, at the time, it was like, let's get some beer. You know, like we were yeah. just starting to turn 21 and, you know, all that fun stuff. Uh, but yeah. Playing a bunch of Candy Crush Saga. <laughs> yeah. But it's it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of fun. Um to get together and, and do that and, and be within a confined space. I mean, for me, like PC gaming was really new and I, I didn't really get into it till about, uh, the year 2000 with a game called SWAT three by Sierra games. I um, know it well. Yeah. I, I played it online, uh, with Sierra online, which was a total piece of shit, but, uh, you know, had my small piece of crap computer and, and monitor, but it's, you know, the best that we had for a family computer and uh, I was away. And, you know, one of the guys that I met uh, playing online, uh, we, were, we had like a group together and everything. Uh, he's like a brother to me. And we're about the same age. And he lives uh, lived in California at the time. Now moved his family up to Utah, works at a, a company up there. And, uh, yeah, we've known each other for like almost 20 years. And we, we still game together and we've brought other friends in. And, yeah, it's, it's a pretty crazy, uh, pretty crazy time. But, um, yeah, I mean, for me, I grew up playing like Nintendo, Xbox, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, you get a little a bit of a sense of that, of like community and having your friends come over and play Mortal Kombat or whatever and try and, right. you know, unlock the, the secret fatality or, you know, whatever the, the, oh, the thing yeah. is. For me, it was always whooping everybody's ass at GoldenEye. Tangent. Did you know that they were actually coming out with another Mortal Kombat movie? Yeah, I did. Yeah. And, uh, and it's supposed to be a hard R with actual fatalities. So if, if you really feel like you missed out on the Mortal Kombat movie of yore, then uh, apparently they, you'll be getting your fill soon enough. 
Well, I'm sure it'll be better than Mortal Kombat Annihilation, which was completely horrible. One of the worst films ever. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, Mortal Kombat Annihilation definitely ranks at the very bottom. It's so bad, it's not even enjoyable. It's that bad. Yeah. But but yeah, uh, did you end up being a Super Nintendo guy or a Sega Genesis guy? I had, and again, I didn't have a job. I was just a kid, uh, so I got whatever my dad got me, and uh, he he got us a used uh, Super Nintendo, and so okay. I think we got that like in 94, 95, um, probably 94, because I remember playing Super Mario Kart and all that, and yeah, so I was the guy that did not have a Sega Genesis, but I went over to my friend Blake's house because he had a Genesis and he had all the cool games because it just looked better. You know, I mean, it was 16 bit. We all had man. that friend, right? What's that? that? that it, we all had that friend, right, that ended up having the Genesis if you were a Nintendo kid. Yeah. And so then the grass was always greener on the other side. Like it didn't matter what you were doing. Exactly. So I would just bring my Super Nintendo over. We'd have a sleepover, bring a bunch of friends over, and man, we would just be like, drinking soda and you know their his mom would order pizza and just eating crap you know and and just staying up till like two or three in the morning playing games you know it was it was the best maybe it's our parents fault for all the all the pizza and energy drinks consumed throughout <laughs> our gaming career maybe okay this is this is really coming together now but uh yeah no nah, it's it's a lot of fun. I was the resident console guy my entire life. I, I really didn't do the whole PC gaming thing for a long time, but uh, it really opened my eyes when I went back to QuakeCon and, uh, and got to see everybody playing just kind of what kind of social interaction I was missing. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's very cool. And, and so, yeah, I think I, may, uh, I think I may dip my toes in that a little bit here moving forward. Yeah. See what's going on. What's your favorite console? Oh my lord! Um, Dreamcast. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I just, yeah. Uh, let's see. It's got its merits. Yeah, it does. It has its moments. Um, I guess. I guess for me, the one that really pulled me in was 64. Oh yeah, me too. Um, that I was always a big console guy and i and it had me pretty good in super nintendo but i will not lie a lot of those games were just balls hard um yep. especially for little kids so um if you want to if you want to look at the the reason that the japanese nerfed 90 percent of the games they brought over to america you can point squarely to me but uh it was yeah it was probably in 64 that was the real moment that i i really got obsessed yeah so, yeah, me too. Um, you know, like I mentioned, GoldenEye, I've spent so many hours on that game, and I, I became really, really good at it. Um, and it's weird going back and playing it now and seeing how the frame rates are when there's an explosion. Just terrible. Awesome. Uh, but, yeah, I remember in some of the most fun moments, um, which shout out to my cousin Tyler and Travis. Uh, they're both brothers. Uh, I, You know, usually my my birthday always fell around Thanksgiving time. So I'd go and visit family and then, uh, I ended up getting some games and stuff. I remember getting like WrestleMania 2000 and, oh, uh, hell yeah. you know, rush Two and NHL 99 and all that stuff uh, towards the end of 
the 20th century. And uh, I remember just staying up late, you know, me and Tyler and Travis be playing those games, just having a blast, you know, and on our grandparents' old TV, you know. (laughs) But uh, yeah, it's it's the best, man. It's the best. Um, Well, speaking of games, I know that we tried or we attempted to play some games while we were in Colorado. We didn't really get a chance to talk about it on our podcast because we had so much to cover when we were recording in Denver. Um, but I know that, uh, I, th- I believe it was Sam that brought the small Super Nintendo. And you remember that? Yeah. Yeah. So Sam Sam brought the, the Super Nintendo Classic. There were many. It was a mini or classic. I don't know. One of the but uh, yeah, PlayStation uh, did the exact same thing with the PlayStation the One or the PlayStation Classic. And, uh, and that's the one I brought. Um, and so we, we, we did a little bit of, of playing video games and everything like that. We've got some ideas as far as, uh, you know, what we can do with that medium, even with people from like the Outfielder podcast uh, and, and stuff like that. So it's, we've got a good group. I think that it would be a lot of fun to get together and game and enjoy, you know, like kind of old school and environment of staying up late eating the pizza you know all that kind of thing so yeah we got to enjoy it pretty good colorado uh colorado was a really interesting house am i right we never really got to talk about that that was kind of a that's kind of a weird setup i mean i've got my own beefs with it obviously i mean well you can you can touch on that but uh you know like air conditioning right i mean that thing worked for about 20 minutes and, and then it died yeah, it, it, it did die. I mean, the first night we were there, we walked in. I think this thing was set on like 62. And so it was like it was like a freezer downstairs. But granted, you know, it's a three-story house. Um, there were a ton of bedrooms, a ton of, you know, own attached toilets and showers, which was awesome. So we didn't have to wait on someone, you know. And, and everybody was just kind of like, oh, I took a shower. Yeah, I took a shower too. And it's like, okay, well, let's go do something, you know. So it really helped on like, condensing down time but yeah it was like after you guys got there the second day on friday that's when it all started to like okay so what's up with this thing it's set on this but it it was reading that it was like 77 then getting the 78 it was only getting hotter um the, uh, <laughs> the more days we're staying there. see how it is yeah, yeah. We, we brought the texas heat up there i guess yeah no it was uh it was pretty rough i i remember everybody just kind of waking up the next day and just be like how do you sleep oh like shit how do you sleep? Oh, like shit. You know, it was not, not the greatest situation, but, uh, yeah, I will, I will, I will say this. One thing stood out to me, this place that I cannot get over. And you said, what was the one thing that stuck out to you the most? And I said that there were mirrors in the bathrooms that wouldn't mean anything to you, right? There are mirrors in almost every bathroom. Mm-hmm. I want the listeners to envision this. You've got a toilet seat, right? And then where your toilet seat is, there is a mirror adjacent to you so that you can look at yourself on the toilet seat. I'm talking like full picture, <laughs> top to bottom. And this is this is not just in one bathroom. And it's not just like, well, we're going to get to hang in this mirror later. This is a fully installed mirror. And this is in every single bathroom. Is, is this to upset you i don't understand why someone would do something like this to to, like so you could watch yourself do bathroom things 
<laughs> right? I mean, does that does that make any sense to you at all? No, it doesn't. But I will say it wasn't in my bathroom. It wasn't in your bathroom? No. Okay, his upstairs bathroom and the very bottom bathroom, it seemed like there was definitely a uh, a theme going on, and that was uh, watch yourself, go to the bathroom, which nobody needs. I will I will tell you right now, that is not something that if somebody tried to market that to me as a positive in an Airbnb, I would say you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and to me, um, the, the thing that stood out, I mean, did you go in every single room in the house? I went, I went through most of them. There's stuff in the middle, like the second floor of the house. Yeah. That I didn't that's where I was staying. Them. Like if you kept going down the hallway and, and Ben stayed in there too, cause there was like a bunk bed. And so he was on like the bottom of the bunk. I had my own bed to myself on the other side of the room, which was great. And thankfully the one thing I did notice, which was accommodating is that all of the floors upstairs, second and third floor had fans all over the place. They must've known the air conditioner sucked. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but but that doesn't make sense as to why it was so cold. I don't know. Um, but that's the thing. I looked at reviews on Airbnb and all that. There was no mention of the AC. So I kind of feel like maybe it was set too low and it just kind of froze up or it ran out of, uh, you know, Freon or something. But to me, the weirdest aspect of the house, I mean, I mean, there were a lot of weird things such as the, uh, you remember the, the small little merman statues that were hanging from the ceiling? <laughs> How could I forget? Uh, and there was a sign that literally said, do not grope the mermen, which out of context would be, if not confusing, a little frightening. So, uh, yeah, it took me a second to actually catch them. They were small. They were almost ornaments. And they were hanging from the middle island of the uh, of the kitchen. And, and they're all over. It was, it was very strange. I don't know this person's aesthetic that owns this house, what they were going for, if, if not just reefer madness. <laughs> I mean, like they had, it was they very had hippie. Merman. Yeah. Very hippie yeah. friendly. Yeah. Uh, they just the feng shui of the whole place. It was almost like a caricature of that though. Yeah. Like if, if you said, Hey, how would a pot smoker hippie woman like set up her home? And then you said, I mean, and then they made a caricature of that. That's what it would be like. Cause it was like crazy, like purple and, and teal all over the walls, and like weird purple plush couches and a giant stuffed flamingo. And it, it's just, ah, God, I don't know. It didn't make any sense. The good news is that she was a wonderful host and it was a beautiful home. It just had a bunch of weird shit hanging on it. Yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely was nice. Like it, it was a lot of weird stuff, but it was like the furniture, everything was really, really nice. And you know, this wasn't a, a cheap place for us to stay either, but with the six of us going there and pitching in, you know, not too bad. Um, but yeah, to me, the weirdest aspect was the stairs going up. I think that could definitely be improved because they were very steep. Anybody could have fallen. Thankfully, no one got too inebriated uh, from having some drinks and, and stumbling down. That would have been bad. But uh, but I did like how everything was central. I think most of our stuff was 0. 0.5, 0. 0.6 miles away. We just walked down uh, 17th street and, you know, there's the Walgreens, there's the, the different restaurants, you know, here's some other places to check out, uh, you know, and to get to, you know, the, the Rockies game, I think whenever we got into the Uber, 
uh, it didn't take us very long at all. I think it was maybe 10, 15 minute drive or something. So staying in, in downtown Denver was definitely cool. Um, we did go the first night you weren't there, but we were trying to come up with like, okay, let's go to some, let's, let's check out, see what some restaurants are in walking distance. So we went to this place and I can't remember the name of it for the life of me. And it was called like, uh, mile high Mary's or something like that. It was like Mary's burgers or something. So we go in and, and that's the one thing I did notice about, you know, the neighborhood we stayed in was really nice, pretty quiet. We didn't really see too many, too much of riffraff or panhandlers or nothing. I mean, we did have Berta come and knock on the door as we did go over in the last episode. Uh, Berta and Phil, both mascots of the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Berta and Phil. Yeah. But uh, so we go and check out this burger joint um, the first night. So we walk in there and everything and they're doing karaoke and, and they're like, okay, uh, where do you want to sit? And I'm like, uh, I'm looking and I'm, I see, oh, a patio's open. I'm like, guys, let's go on the patio. Cause it was still pretty nice out and I'm like, okay, yeah, no brainer. And we didn't want to sit anywhere close to the stage. I could tell Justin was just done with it after that whole experience in that day, he was just done. So, uh, <laughs> so we get there and if you don't know about the travel issues that we had, please check the previous podcast because it will illuminate everything. Oh yeah, it was like trains, planes, and automobiles, and uh, Justin played the role of Steve Martin in it. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we all kind of did in, in a certain uh, aspect as well uh, through our flights and stuff. You know, so we get our burgers. Burgers are amazing, and after a while, like the guys are, you know, the guys are kind of like looking around real weird and everything. And there's there's guys and girls there. Um, but I go and use the restroom, and there's a sign up that says, you know, like. Every, everybody's welcome, no matter what orientation, blah, 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 blah. And so I'm like, okay. And, sure. but our waiter was like pretty flamboyant and pretty much all the wait staff there was a little flamboyant. And so we're walking there <laughs> and I forget who it was. I, I think it was Sam or no, it was Jimmy. I think Jimmy was just kind of like, so was that a, uh, like a gay joint or something? <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, I, I don't know. Um, I'll look it up on maps, but it didn't really mention anything like that. And so I looked and it was just kind of like, you know, just saying all is welcome. You know, that's all it is. But I kind of feel like, like that area kind of reminded me of Oakland and Dallas where it's a nice area, but you know, it's, it's more prevalent for people who are homosexual that they live there and, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. You know, like, and, and that's the thing about people in Denver, they were all real nice, not, not aggressive people, uh, not standoffish like you get here in Dallas. Yeah, I, there is something I can say about Denver and Colorado in general is that it is a very welcoming and accepting place, and, and I like that. It's it's a it's a good feel. It's something that I wish more places emulated. You know, Dallas is it's got to it's got to kind of get past itself in a lot of things, but uh, but certainly the uh, certainly the stuck upness hasn't helped that situation at all. Yeah, I don't I don't know what area of uh, of Colorado you were in, but I know that most of Colorado is very very relaxed, very open to to all things. So, uh certainly can't fault you for that. And uh yeah, I'm in love with Denver. I, I mean, I seriously, I could move there tomorrow. I, I I've been there many times and uh you know, they they don't need another Texan there, but uh but they could get one. So, yeah. Yeah, well, the elevation was definitely different. I got sunburned the first day. Uh, we were waiting on that whole uh, car rental fiasco, which, again, we covered in the last episode. 
Uh, so that that was kind of a bad start for me, but I wasn't really thinking about it. But yeah, I definitely wouldn't mind living in Denver either. But yeah, we had a great time. Definitely look forward to going back and doing it again. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. We should break into some sweet, sweet movie news. Yeah, let's do it. So what we got? So one of the things that we've got is the fact that Batman, or the Batman, I forgive me. Uh, I'm always going to mess that up. Batman versus the Batman. The cinematographer was actually announced to be Greg Fraser, who was uh, the cinematographer on Vice, Rogue One, Foxcatcher, Zero Dark Thirty. Not too bad. Not bad at um, all. No, he's he's got a he's got a real pedigree, and uh, and I'm I'm very excited to see what he does. What was of all those movies that I just mentioned, right? And Foxcatcher is way more esoteric. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Carell and everything. So. Uh, what was probably your favorite work of all of those that you've seen? Oh, man. If I had to judge cinematography, I mean, Rogue One's good, but you think about it, it's a lot of green screen stuff. Um, so to me, is Zero Dark Thirty. That one really stands out because I, I, the thing about that movie is, I mean, there there's so many different camera uh, work, so much camera work that sticks out, but the thing that um, really uh, kind of blew me away was the whole scene where they're actually going in and doing the raid on uh, Osama bin Laden's compound and how the, you know, experimental helicopter, of course, crashes, and, you know, they always go in where there's one supporting and one landing, and it crashes on the on the fence, but they go in, and so these seals are, are going in and, and they have, uh, you know, the night vision going. And I thought that was really well executed. It wasn't just shaky cam over the place, which really, really bothers me in a lot of films. Um, so yeah, really looking forward to this. Um, and also, you know, just looking online and, and following the news, they wrapped production on Denis Villeneuve, who's one of my favorite directors going today. He did like arrival, uh, prisoners, you know, he's done some really great stuff. He is, uh, he just wrapped production on Dune and Greg Fraser, uh, was the cinematographer for that. So, I mean, for him to do an epic like that and work with that director, and now he's about to do this with Matt Reeves. Holy shit. Like this should be perfect because that's what I want is someone who knows how to do dark and gritty, but, but doesn't do the shaky cam and doesn't, you know, go up and close and, you know, and, and I feel like him and Matt Reeves paired together is going to be perfect. What did you think about David Lynch's Dune back in the day when that came out? I thought that was really good. I mean, um, if I remember correctly, it was pretty long. Uh, that was always oh, yeah. Sting, right? Yeah, that was a very long movie. Yeah, it was Sting. And uh, let's see, uh, you know, who's who's the guy that he puts in everything? Was it uh, Kyle MacLachlan? Oh, yeah. right, right, right. Yeah. I love that movie. Uh, it, it may not deserve to be loved as much as I love it because I mean, it's, I don't know. It is, you know, typical sci-fi from the eighties kind of thing. But, uh, if you want, there, there's the games we used to play drinking games. We used to play the movies. Right. And it was every single time, you know, something is said, you have to drink every single time something happens, you got to finish your beer, that kind of thing. Dune was, the marathon of drinking games. (laughs) Imagine just if anybody out there who's actually seen this movie, imagine just this. Every single time they say the word spice, you have to drink a beer. If you have ever seen the beginning of that movie, 
there's a monologue. And I think it's Virginia Madsen that does it. And it is uh, probably five minutes long. And it's just trying to set, you know, world build and everything. Mm -hmm. They say spice probably 40 times in that, in that one, like five minute clip. Oh my God. And, and, and like, we all kind of said it was the rule as the joke. I think we all tapped out before that entire sequence was done. I mean, it was absurd. So Dune has some fun memories for me. Uh, another great movie like that where, where uh, drinking games were involved was like Speed. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. time, as Hopper says, Pop Quiz, Hot Shot. You know, uh, just stupid things like that. But, uh, but I like I like Dune on its own merits. Don't get me wrong. It's not just a movie that you have to you know pound beers to. It's a... Uh, it's actually an enjoyable movie and uh, suffers from a lot of what 1980s sci-fi does and kind of like the long drawn out stuff. But again, consider the source material. Oh my God. It's, it's what, how many books is that? I don't even know, but uh, it's, it's a lot. So it's a, it's a lot of fun. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to this next new movie when it comes out. Yeah. And yeah, again, not just for the reasons you, you said, but also for the nostalgia factor. But uh, that's not the only only Batman news that we've got. We've got uh, John David Washington cast uh, in the Batman. We don't know what the hell he's going to be. Yeah, well, it's not official yet that he's been cast, but it's been uh, uh, there's a lot of of word going around that he's been in talks, uh, and he's also been doing numerous casting uh, auditions. So there's really no word, but you know, for an actor like him, because I've seen him in. Black Klansman, um, and a, and a few other things that he's been in. He's just a really, really great actor. Uh, he's going to be in the new Christopher Nolan uh, film coming out, uh, which is called Tenet. That is, you know, the thing about Christopher Nolan I love is every time there's a trailer that comes out, you don't know what the hell it's going to be about. You just know it's going to be damn good. Uh, Christopher Nolan, just like Denis Villeneuve, uh, those, are, those are like class A directors that, kind of like Spielberg back in the day. Like you don't know what the movie's going to be about, but you know this guy's doing it, so you know it's going to be good. You know it's yep. going to be gold. So anyways, it, as far as like trying to figure out what character he plays, you know, I honestly a lot of people online are saying that, you know, they could see him, you know, portraying Harvey Dent, uh, who's a district attorney in Gotham who, of course, as we all know, turns into Two-Face. I think that would be amazing. Um but even if he isn't and he's some other character, I mean, he he's he's a class act and he's also the son of Denzel Washington. So, you know, what's in his blood. Yeah, absolutely. That is uh, I think it's a good choice. I haven't seen a lot of what he's been in, but I definitely know that uh, you don't you don't get cast in this movie because of the caliber of people that they're looking at so far. I mean, we already said that Robert, Robert Pattinson, you know, is is hitting it out of the park as far as the choice goes. So uh, we've got casting rumors for Catwoman already. We've got casting rumors for Two-Face. And now, potentially, we even have some casting rumors for the Riddler. Yep. Uh, I don't know if you've seen anything about that. But, uh, yeah, no, we're, we're we're definitely building out a pretty pretty well-rounded cast now. So that would, that would be pretty great if we had uh, John David Washington as Two-Face. But uh, that's not the only thing happening. We actually have another animated Batman coming out which is Hush. And that's one of your favorites, if I'm not 
Yeah, so <clears throat> I'm a huge Batman fan. We've probably already established this on the show. Uh, you and I yep. talk about it all the time. Um, but I'm an avid graphic novel collector. Um, and so, of course, I have a ton of Batman graphic novels. Of my top three, and it's always kind of hard because this goes back and forth of, like, which one's better. Um, for me, it's always, like, Long Halloween and um, Batman Hush. Um, Hush is 300-plus pages long. Uh, it was originally, um, like, two big volumes each, and then they kind of comprise it into one big hard book. Um, but anyways, this story is really good because it kind of follows Batman as, you know, him being, like, an actual, you know, the, the, the greatest detective in the world, you know, and you see him, um, tracking down a case and seeing, you know, trying to establish, you know, who, like where these murders went and who this mysterious hush figure is, because this guy is always one step ahead of him in every turn. And he may or may not have been from Bruce Wayne's past. So he may know Batman's identity or he may not, but there's a whole cast of characters in it. Uh, there's a really great scene where, um, you know, the Joker almost kills everybody in this theater, including Gordon and Selena Kyle. And Bruce quickly changes into an outfit, follows him in the alleyway, and almost beats the Joker to death. Like, almost loses it. Like, he's just full-on rage. And so, I mean, there's some fantastic moments throughout. Uh, a lot of twists and turns and a very, very fulfilling read. So if there's any readers out there, you're not really into comic books, but you, you definitely want to, like, try to find the right one to start with, I would definitely recommend Batman Hush. So anyways, DC uh, Animated Films announced that they were going to be doing this. They did one for The Killing Joke, uh, which is also a good one uh, that was done back in the 80s, another good graphic novel. That one was pretty good but you know i i didn't the thing a lot about it is the the voice acting was great and all that i don't slide him for that it was just the animation something about the animation was just a little off like it just seemed a little disjointed kind of like an older japanese anime where things are moving really slowly and uh mm -hmm. looking at the trailer for this for batman hush it kind of has the same sort of like flat it just kind of looks flat to me um, same, same artist, maybe. I mean, I know what you're talking about. Well, it's the same studio, maybe not the same artist, but you know, and the guy who's directing is really talented and stuff, um, who's running the project, but it, you know, so maybe, maybe the animation's not going to be the best in, in terms of what I'm looking for. Cause you know how, how great animation is now. Um, oh, yeah. but you know, but that aside, um, you know, there are some great voice actors in it. And, you know, I, I did see it did come out recently. Um, so I will be reviewing this. I'm going to be watching this before next episode. So I will provide a review for all of our listeners. Um, so I'm looking forward to checking it out and kind of seeing what, what their take is going to be on it. Well, Brandon, I think that'll be great. And I think that uh, when your eyes are tired, from watching all those beautiful movies and from reading all those wonderful graphic novels that you should grab an audible membership. Listening to books is far superior to reading them as audible knows. And they're offering our listeners a free audiobook with a 30 day trial membership. Just go to audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. That's audibletrial.com forward slash SLM. We, uh, we now have a beautiful sponsorship that we get to work in dumb like I just did all the time. <laughs> 
No, that was beautiful, Carl. And that that is a good point. That's something that you know I've I've done audiobooks in the past, but it's been a while. And um, you know I have Amazon Prime, so I should probably check out Audible myself. But uh, for those of our listeners that have not checked it out. Uh, we are offering, you know, a, a promo code going on to SLM. Uh, go to that website, sign up, listen to it, check it out. You won't regret it. No, you will not. As someone who has a delicious one hour each way commute audiobooks through my saving grace. So yeah, definitely, uh, definitely a shout out to Audible. Thank you for your sponsorship. Absolutely. And on that note, what other uh, what other great movie news is going on? Well, I mean, we had some trailers drop that we didn't really get a chance to talk about. When we were in Denver because we had so many crazy things to talk about in Denver. Uh, That's true. So uh, we had a uh, Zombieland two double trap, double <laughs> double trap, double, double tap. trap. Yeah, parent trap too. Yeah. The zombie, <laughs> the zombie effect. Yeah. So Zombieland two double tap. Uh, the trailer for that uh, came out last week. Uh, Carl, did you see the first Zombieland? I did, uh, and and I will say that, and I'm I'm very very specific about the kind of zombie movies that I'll watch, and uh, and that all stems from, uh, I guess my experience watching the uh, Night of the Living Dead kind of movies, right, and then switching over to the Zack Snyder remake of Dawn of the Dead. And, and I don't know if you can tell me what the main difference in those is, but I'll go ahead and exp- I'll lay it out for you real quick. One has shambling zombies, and the other has sprinting zombies. If you have sprinting zombies in your movie, I am out. I can't do it. It's just not. It's just not going to happen. If you've got shambling zombies, you know, even even my fat ass cannot run those things. So, so okay, no, you say you, so you say you can't do it. Does that mean um, it's too scary for you, or it's too ridiculous? I I would probably say it's too scary for me. Okay, I definitely have that thing where I'm just like any any kind of undead creature that is uh, also like just sprinting faster than Jackie Joyner Kirsty. <laughs> like I don't need that in my life. So um, it's that's outrageous. Um, yeah, I, I guess that, that's where I draw the line. But Zombieland was a great mix of zombie horror and humor to the point where I really, really got into it. And uh, and I, I am very much looking forward to the sequel. That was a good dynamic between all of them. It was almost as much of a movie about creating a family as it was about uh, having, you know, the undead coming after you. And uh, my favorite part, that Bill Murray scene will live in infamy forever. Oh, yeah, that's the best. Yeah, that's the best. I think I saw on IMDb that he has a credit in this one, so I don't know how he's going to come back. Or maybe it's just a cameo appearance or something like that. But uh, I thought this trailer looks really good. It takes place 10 years after the first film. Uh, Everybody's still together. Uh, I thought it was hilarious that they were like, well, where do we want to go? Let's go to the White House. And so they get to the White House and they put all their crap there and set it all up. And, you know, Jesse Eisenberg and everybody, they're all still together. Um, The thing that really cracked me up was the end of the trailer when all of a sudden they're outside and this guy shows up and he's talking just like uh, um, Harrelson. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's a. uh, not Owen Wilson, but uh, Luke. Luke Wilson, yeah. 
So Luke Wilson, he's like the cowboy, and then the other guy from like the Verizon commercials has like the same hair <laughs> as Jesse Eisenberg, and he's talking just like him. He's like, he's like, oh, I think we got lost back there, blah blah blah, and and um, and one of the characters was just kind of like, you know, is this happening right now? Like this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, when when the dude from Silicon Valley shows up and uh, and yeah. is is trying to out Eisenberg, Eisenberg, that's always a great look. So yeah, that was a really funny trailer i i laughed the entire time and uh and that's it's not easy for a trailer to do maybe i was just geared towards it you know like i, I knew what i was getting into because the first one had such a specific flavor to it that uh i mean what what do you think was a better zombie movie that or Shaun of the dead Ooh. well that's the thing is yeah i i think i liked Shaun of the dead more um, okay. just because I thought the writing was better, the, everything was better about Sean did. I mean, that's why those guys continued to make those kind of films and they kind of had like a trilogy, if you will, of like hot fuzz and you know, all of those. Uh, so I, I would probably pick Sean of the dead just because it, it had a little bit more comedy. I think zombie land was kind of more of a mix of comedy. Plus he had the action, like the crazy action that happened at, at the, uh, the circus or, or the amusement park. Yeah. The amusement park. Yeah. yeah. So it was like, it was like cool. And it's like, yeah, that's what I want to do. If I'm ever in that situation, you know, versus, um, you know, Sean, the dead, it was more like poking fun at, at, you know, what was going on, you know? Right. I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. And, uh, you know, I'd imagine that has a lot bigger budget this time than it did the first time around. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, just, just from the sheer fan base that it's got. Uh, but I can tell you the one movie that doesn't look like it has a budget at all, but mm-hmm. still looks incredible, is that new Lighthouse movie. Yeah, so uh, Lighthouse, I've been really looking forward to watching this trailer. I heard that it's just going to be very uh, haunting and very grim, and it's going to be shot in like a, an old Hollywood aspect ratio, so it's like a square, and it's in black and white. It's by director Robert Eggers, um, who directed The Witch. I don't know if you ever saw That's that. Right. I did not, but I, I, I've, I've seen the trailer of it. I definitely get the flavor of it for sure. I mean, it's 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 haunting for for real. I think that, I mean, is this guy going for like most haunting movie every year? Because, I mean, this this movie, I mean, it didn't have anything supernatural or anything, but it made me feel like I was going insane watching the trailer, so... Yeah, I mean, it definitely, um, whereas The Witch kind of showed like, okay, what's going on here? Is this really happening? Or are these, are these people really losing their mind? And um, this kind of has a little bit of that same element, but is going more into a, a psychological twist of these two guys that are, are there just re- on this remote uh, uh, lighthouse. And, you know, I think they're supposed to have been there for like 10 years or something like that. And, um, you know, you, you clearly tell they're going mad. You can see Robert Pattinson and, if, oh man, he's looking so brooding and everything. And, and, you know, it's like, come on, if, if you can't get on board with him being the Batman and this isn't going to do it for you, then just, just give up. Just, just don't even watch <laughs> Batman movies. Cause just, just leave. Yeah. <laughs> Cause watching this trailer, I was like, man, I can, I can really see how, you know, with the brooding and everything, but you kind of see like maybe they discover something. Is it haunted? Is there some sort of cult thing there? I, we don't know. You know, I saw in the IMDb credits, there's like a mermaid. So who knows? There's going to be some like, mythical stuff that's going on but you can clearly tell these guys are going insane 
Um, especially when Willem Dafoe's just like, you know, tell me how long it's been that we've been here. Has it been five days, you know, five months or whatever the, his line was. And I think it's yeah. been like, they've been there for years, you know? So yeah, cannot wait. Yeah. Well, Willem Dafoe, uh, grade a crazy old man. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. And, uh, or just, just crazy man in general. Um, I, he either he either seems to be always leaning into the serious roles or he always seems to be leaning into the batshit insane roles. Uh, or he does both with like, you know, uh, you know, Osborne in Spider-Man or something. <laughs> no, but yeah, he, he's I, had uh, fantastic roles. I'd put him in my uh, he's definitely one of the top actors of our time. Yeah, I actually would support that take. Um, I like. I like pretty much every performance that he's had, even if a movie sucks that he was in. He always does a good job with it. So I could definitely hang on to his career a lot longer. That being said, he's not the only actor that has been really hanging on way, way long. I mean, like, that guy's been acting for a long time, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, there's was like De Niro, uh, that guy's still kicking, Pacino. That guy's still kicking. I haven't seen those two in a movie since Heat, and they looked old in Heat. So now we've got uh, the Irishman coming out here pretty soon. Yeah. So yeah, Irishman. That's another one I've been looking forward to because Scorsese. You know, Netflix gave him a bunch of money, and this is about basically the story of of Jimmy Hoffa and this mob hitman Russell Buffalino recalling, you know, before he died, I think it was on his deathbed or something, his involvement with the slaying of Jimmy Hoffa, but he used to work with Jimmy Hoffa and De Niro plays like this hitman. Um, I mean, the whole thing, it took place like in the late sixties, early seventies. It, it looks amazing because it's supposed to take place in, I think, I think in Northeast Pennsylvania, they shot most of it in New York city, but you know, Scorsese has got his connections up there, but, uh, yeah, everything about this is just dripping with excellence. It just looks so amazing. Um, typically, these Netflix original movies, when they come out, kind of like Triple Frontier when it did, um, they usually release it in like Alamo Drafthouse or um, some of the other movies that uh, theaters like uh, uh, it's escaping me right now. Some of the other ones, but that will play primarily like independent films, and they'll have like you know one night only or, or one week only, and they'll they'll play it before it comes out on Netflix. And this is one I'm definitely going to go check out in theater. Yeah, I would uh, I would watch this in theater. I like the I like the cross release where you've got the Netflix and you've got the theater release. Um, I don't know how you really feel about the whole like Netflix only release kind of thing. Uh, Triple Frontier was kind of a, a real hit or miss movie for me in general. Yeah. Um, I mean, the act, the acting, you know, the actors that were in there were all high horsepower, but uh, you know, the, the writing seemed kind of goofy sometimes, but, uh, but overall uh, a, a decent movie, uh, a solid, you know, B minus. And, uh, the Irishman, I, you know, I don't see how you get a bad thing out of Scorsese, and I don't see how any kind of signs of Netflix or anybody like that sticking their, you know, you know, nasty hands in this kind of thing and fucking it all up for everybody. So I am very excited about this, and it's uh, again, you know, Pacino, De Niro, and Joe Pesci. I mean, what? How do you get better than that? Also, Joe Pesci looks kind of like a bear rug like that's how fucking old he looks like just just real dried out but he's uh he's still kicking he still acts like a son of a bitch so i mean i'm i'm very i'm very excited for this movie 
and uh you know it'll, it'll be fun yeah and that's the thing that i took away from the trailer um because i had heard the story that they didn't know like de niro and and uh scorsese didn't know if they were going to get joe pesci to do it because he's been retired you know like they're like come on man let's let's get him out of retirement this would be a perfect role for him um who better to to play back and forth between de niro and pacino than pesci i mean come on i mean going back to uh casino and goodfellas and everything else i mean uh, pesci's just great uh, but the thing is, in the trailer, you could tell that he's not being his usual Pesci self. He's, he's not, you know, he's not like, oh, come on, come on. You know, he's not doing yeah. that stuff. He's being a serious, he's he's really getting into the role of, because these are real life people. This is real life stuff that happened. And, yeah. um, and he can do it too. Yeah. And so the story goes that Scorsese begged him and asked him three times and had to kept coming back to him. And so the third time he came back to him and asked him, Pesci's like, okay, I'm on board, you know? Um, but yeah, throughout the trail of the de-aging process and showing like a de-aged, um, De Niro, which kind of looks like, you know, a De Niro from the nineties, like, you know, it, it looks really, really good. You can't even tell. So yeah, really impressed, really looking forward to this film. Um, I don't even, do we know when it comes out? I think it, I think it comes out in September, if I'm not mistaken, September yeah, I think 21st. It's, it's later this year release. Um, yeah. Let me, let me look that up for you. Okay. Joe, Joe Pesci, um, <laughs> if you're not looking at him like uh, like Leo gets in every single thing that he's <laughs> in, then uh, you're doing it wrong. Let's see. What if I'm looking at him like the guy from uh, the bad guy he was in Moonwalker, Michael Jackson's Moonwalker? <laughs> oh, yeah. Remember that? Okay. Oh, man. oh, hell yeah, I remember that. I mean, uh. the fact that it was, it was Michael Jackson. He turned it into a car. What's not the love? Yeah, I had that on VHS. Oh, I even had the game, the game of it on Nintendo. The game was incredible. Yep. It's twenty uh, seventh of September, twenty nineteen. Okay, perfect. So, yeah, we'll we'll keep tuned on that. Um, we'll see if it comes out in theaters. Um, if it does, I'm definitely gonna go. I'm sure you and Justin will want to go too. But we'll definitely ask me to go see that movie. I will be there. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll definitely have to check that out and review it. Uh, but unfortunately, we've run out of time on this episode. We, we've had so much to talk about um, that we'll just have to follow up and uh, hopefully we'll get around to that to the next episode. Uh, J-Mac is going to be out of the office uh, for this month. Um, so you will have uh, Carl and I here hosting. Uh, we have this uh, ex- extraordinary privilege of doing this for you guys. We have a lot of fun doing it. We have a lot to talk about, some different subject, maybe some surprises along the way, so we'll see what happens. But we want to thank you guys for listening to Sensibly Loud Radio. Check us out on sensiblyloud.com and all of your social media at Sensibly Loud. Search for us there. Any streaming service you can think of, we're there as well. Uh, so check out Sensibly Loud Radio as well as all of our other podcasts, Uh, We have nothing but great content and great people. We're all one happy family. So don't think about it. Just do it. All right. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll catch you next time.